Hey everyone, thank you for joining the Pastor Resources Podcast. Hope you enjoy the reading of our latest article. Proximity and Presence. At Canaan, we are trying to live into our tagline, the church where love makes the difference, which we have found to be a very dangerous statement. Christians often tell people we love them before we have even lived with them or listened to or, or learned from them. If we are going to be genuine, presence becomes a precursor to love and a foundational principle for ministering to the needs of our neighbors. Discussing our responsibility as the Church of Christ all over the world is a necessary dialogue. However, we must also discuss the specific role for a local body in a geographic location. The Apostle Paul did not just write to the universal church in his letters. He wrote to specific groups of Christ's followers in specific places, dealing with specific sets of issues and needing specific encouragement. He addressed Corinth about desiring special roles in the church when love is supreme. He wrote to the Ephesians about their synchronizing of Artemis worship, a female-dominated religion with Christianity, thus urging the women to humble themselves and allow men an opportunity to lead. These are specific issues with specific solutions, which we have often tried to spread like mayonnaise over the entire church. We like to assume that the things we value, the places we live, and the societal lenses through which we see the world don't affect the way we read the Bible. We like to assume that the way we view or understand biblical writing will remain the same no matter where we live, in a rural providence in China or in Englewood on the south side of Chicago. But it does. This is why it becomes important for the local church to be concerned with presence, listening to neighbors, and knowing what's going on or, or where they are. We then become God's presence in a place, the tangible representatives of God in our local context. If we are going to represent God's presence in a place, then we have to be aware of the gifts, the assets, the needs, the burdens and sorrows, joys, and so on of that place. We cannot just have a church service once or twice a week. We must be aware and involved with everything going on around us. This includes knowing what's going on in families, with the schools, on the streets, with the gangs, and being aware of what injustices are occurring. We stay aware of everything going on around us so that we know how to live as representatives of God's presence for all people. Unfortunately, in many communities, local churches are an afterthought when it comes to community transformation. This has lifted the weight of kingdom work off the local church and put it into parachurch or not-for-profit organizations. 
While the work of these organizations is important and necessary, there would be less for them if the local church were doing its job. Even if the need for parachurch organizations did not decrease, their fundraising needs would decrease because they would become extensions of a local church and connected to those resources. The local church should be known as a community asset and a partner to all the community leaders and organizations that desire to see the community flourish. It is my heart's desire to see greater transformation happen through the church's participation. When I speak of transformation, I don't approach it as this formalic, guaranteed set of guidelines or rules. I don't believe it is a guarantee that the surrounding community changes because of the church's community involvement or because we seek to love our neighbors. However, I do believe that when God is involved, transformation always happens. Though it is not always the transformation we expect, true transformation begins when you continue to do the things that God has called you to, even when the only thing changing is you. I have lived and worked in a marginalized community for decades, and the biggest changes have been how I perceive people, how I describe the place I live, and how I protect it and make sure no one negatively portrays it from the outside. To be honest with you, this is a huge change from where I was before I left Englewood, vowing never to return. Not only has there been a dramatic change in my perspective, but there has also been change in the perspective of my family, my friends, and congregation due to my transformation. It is contagious. My mom moved back into the community, and some of my congregations did the same. Even my friends from college began to encourage me in my work I was doing. I decided if the number of shootings in our community never went down or the narrative of the media wasn't changing, I was still going to pray and work there because of the change happening in me. Lamenting the loss of life and pain I experienced in our community, I was growing my desire and need for God to hear my prayers. I was learning quickly that true transformation began with me. Ultimately, proximity and presence are biblical attributes. No matter where you live, they are the best mirror of God and windows into what the world could look like if we all mirrored God. We have to ask ourselves how we can best change our proximity and presence to those around us, whether our close neighbors or people we have traditionally only been able to relate to from a distance. Jesus reminds us over and over again 
through his word and actions that unless we come out of our comfort zone and get close to one another, transformation will not be in our grasps. The vulnerability that comes with close proximity is difficult for all of us. It is not natural to be vulnerable or expose our internal weaknesses and fears. We often only have small circles of people we allow into our lives in this way. I want to affirm this as truth and warn against opening ourselves too soon to too many people. Yet, I also want to challenge us to recognize that it is when we enter into genuine relationships and experiences the closeness that comes from vulnerability and conflict that God promises to dwell with us. When sharing guidelines for handling conflict in the church, Jesus says that where two or three are gathered in his name, he'll be in the midst, Matthew 18:20. He is endorsing the messiness of relationships and the difficulty that comes from being close to one another and at the same time promising to enter into that messiness with us. This is adapted from Church Forsaken by Jonathan Brooks, copywritten 2018 by Jonathan Brooks, published by InterVarsity Press, Downers Grove, Illinois. Jonathan Brooks is a senior pastor at Canaan Community Church, Chicago's Englewood neighborhood. A sought-after speaker, writer, and artist, he has contributed to two books, Banned Questions for Christians by Christian Pyatt and Making Neighbors Whole by John Perkins and Wayne Gordon. Visit his website and read his blog at pastahj.com. Thanks again for listening to the Pastor Resources Podcast. To read all of our articles, head over to pastorresources.com and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more articles and special interviews.